Hey, what's going on, my friends? It's Dave Sharp. Just had to grab a shirt off the floor real quick and throw it on here so I could go live with one of my favorites here, Emily Walcott, my friends. Uh, it's an honor. It's a pleasure to have M the affiliate on this morning. For those of you who uh, are not living under a rock out there on the internet, know who she is. She spoke at one of our recent masterminds, did a fantastic job. Many of you uh, follow her, learn from her, enjoy her stories, and uh, enjoy her style of marketing and connecting with her audience. Let's learn a little bit more about how she does it. Em, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hello. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to see you here. Um, tell everybody where you're calling in from, first of all, and uh, what you did before you got into all this craziness. Okay. So I'm in Michigan. Um, it's so funny. I feel like every time we talk, I was just in Florida because <laughs> I'm like, I really should live in Florida, but I do live in Michigan currently. <laughs> and then um, before I did this, I was a recreational therapist, which is so funny because I, as much as I am a storyteller, I have not been like sharing that recently. And I, it's such a big part of me, but yeah, I was a recreational therapist. I worked in home um, with a child and adolescence. And then I also worked in a child and adolescent mental health facility for four years before that. So lots of kid things, um, lots of mental health and wellness, um, and hands on therapy. And now I do digital marketing full time. Mm, what a transition. What <laughs> yeah. a, I mean, what, what was the thing back if you could go back to when, you know, because now it's been some time, right? And this is kind of your identity now, I would imagine, right? Yeah. This is who you are. This is what you do now. Take us back there to the time when you were still, you know, a therapist, when you were still um, doing your old job, your, your professional in that career. What was the thing that made you start um, you know, feeling like there was an itch to scratch. What did you, what made you, I mean, take us back to that time and tell us what life was like back then. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so funny because I feel like once you jump into like a new journey, there's so many different parts to it. And I really look back now and I love doing therapy. I absolutely love doing therapy. I loved working with the kids and the family, but there was just no funding. Like there was no reality of building a career there because there was just, there was no community funding. There was no federal funding. So it was like, I had hit the top bracket of what I was doing especially with like my family life, I didn't want to work more. And I was making the most I could make as like a private practice recreational therapist. So I either had to keep doing that um, and work a ton, which I didn't want to do, or I just needed to be done with it because I wasn't making any money doing it. And so that's where I was kind of at that crossroads of like, what do I do? Do I show up for my family? Do I show up for my work? How do I make this, you know, transition? And it was really, really hard for me. And then I did end up transitioning home and I was home for like two months. And then mm -hmm. we realized that wasn't going to work for our family either because the little that I was making wasn't like, I guess I didn't realize how much that actually contributed. It, it covered our date nights. It covered the little extra things that we were doing. So then I was like, well, shoot, like, I don't want to be at home and miserable and like yeah. not able to go to target or not able to get my hair done or whatever that was. So I need to find like something to fill in the gaps there. Yeah. 
Um, Liz said facts. I'm a special ed teacher uh, and we have a lot of teachers. We have a lot of therapists and nurses and people from from professions that back 10 years ago when I was doing this. Y'all weren't really do y'all weren't really like looking around. Y'all were happy because yeah. for the most part, those are and have always been great careers that you went to school for, you got degrees for, you spent yeah. tons of money on, and it wasn't even an option, right? For like a yeah. long time. What what do you think was the event or situation? Do you think it's individual? Do you think it was the pandemic that made so many people in so many professions and careers that were the top of the cream of the crop for so long, suddenly open now to internet marketing businesses? Oh, I think it was the burnout. I think it was, I think with the pandemic and the burnout, you realize, oh, like I actually do need to take care of myself. For me, the, for, you know, the pandemic, I got to be home and see what I was actually missing with my kids. Mm. I was so busy being busy. I was so busy shuffling my kids, trying to work, trying to be a good mom, trying to do all these things that I realized I was not present in anything. Mm. I was just constantly running through my day. There was no time to connect. There was no actual ability for me to plan my life, to take care of anyone. And when it kind of slowed down for me for a second, I realized like, I'm going to miss my entire life. I'm going to miss my entire life being burnt out for something that isn't even giving me the life that I wanted. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people in that field too realize like you can't really give to your patients or your clients the best that you could if you're burnt out. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm on the other side of things, it's really interesting because people ask all the time, do you want to go back? What I've realized is you need people that can, not go back as a practitioner maybe, but I can go back as a donor now and I can help build these healthcare workers and build these nonprofits to actually help them give back to their communities and give the care that's needed because you have to have funding to do that. And no one was giving that funding to rec therapy or to healthcare workers. And we need more people that can actually leave the field that appreciate it, that can make the money to then help build them so they don't get burned out. So it really is like this whole full circle thing. Totally, totally. And I feel the same way. I mean, when I got clean back in 2008 and I was trying to, you know, get my <clears throat> get my life together, I was working construction, of course, never, ever. I was the person who needed help. How does it feel now? And are you kind of surprised that you're in the place in order to serve <laughs> and help others? Yeah, I'm surprised every day. And it, every day, every single day, I wake up just surprised and I have to re like center myself. And when you are always living that struggle, you know, like we were doing for 10 years, I constantly have to remind myself, like, you're okay. Like, you're okay. This is real. You have, you know, put in the work and you show up every day. But when you are not used to that, it is still always like a mindset shift. But it's an awesome thing to be able to continue to like help others and reach others and let them see that like life can be good. Yeah. Like, it really can be good if you're willing to put in that, you know, time and work. I think, I think a lot of us feel stuck in 
I guess the word, uh, a word that comes to mind for me because it's a word that's been used in recovery circles and so forth in my journey is powerlessness. And I think what I hear a lot of people describing is, and I think what people feel is a, f- a feeling of powerlessness. Like I'm working this job. I thought that it was going, you know, I was under the assumption and belief that this was going to be the answer to all my problems. Like if I just went, got through school and got a good job, that this was going to be the, the top of the mountain. This was going to be happiness. And instead I'm finding myself in survival mode. Yeah. Are you hearing that aloud out there with your audience? And what, what are some of the words and terms and things that you're hearing people describe? Does it is survival mode? One of them. Survival, survival, survival. And just like, I mean, we were there. I was in the exact position that I had prayed and hoped to be. My husband had opened, you know, his own thing. And he was at the top of his level that he thought he was going to be. And we thought that was going to make everything right. Like we did all the right things. We were we were pushing we were pushing forward. And that's you always just I always hear like well, it's going to get better or we're going to get there or just another year or just another um, step up the ladder. And that's going to make the difference. And I felt like that. I did all the steps. I did the internship. I got the job. I moved to the private practice. I was willing to do anything that anyone wanted me to do to build something bigger, but the reward was truly never there and nothing was changing. Yeah. Because life happens and emergency happens and kids happen and all that stuff happens. And it just, it never seemed to get easier. Yeah. Nothing ever seemed to get easier. And now I truly believe that that's just the way it's supposed to be. If that's the way people want it to be, they want you just to, to live that life where it never gets easier, but you're willing to do it. Yeah. It never gets easier, but you keep putting in the time. It never gets easier, but you still show up and feel like, thankful for that they like you know people want you to feel like oh you're doing the right thing when really you get home at the end of the day and you feel terrible and you feel burnout and you feel tired and you feel disconnected and you don't feel like you are the parent that you want to be but we all just feel like that's just how it's supposed to be and there's no getting out of it i truly felt like that nothing was going to change yeah i don't know how it's ever going to just a quick time out you guys see this dave sharp who's messaging you can everybody go and report that profile right now? Because this oh. is a real, this is a real, can I just say it? This is a real low life scumbag who's on our live right now, who's posing as me, who's tr- please, my friends, there's 595 of you on here right now. We need to protect each other from these actual scammer scumbags out here who are posing as me. They're probably posing as you, M. And just yep. because you got into being an entrepreneur does not mean that you all of a sudden became naive and dumb. We have to look out and use common sense out here. I do not private message or direct message anyone on the internet. I do not ask anybody to message me. I'm not in any way whatsoever ever into crypto, ever into anything except legendary marketer. And I can't speak for anybody else. I can only speak for myself. 
Um, I just wanted to, that's my kind of public service announcement, commercial, now back to the regularly scheduled program. But I M, make I'm that sure. every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's every like, day. God, the-, the I um, don't do any of those things. <laughs> I show up every day to help you. That's where you need to be. Yeah. Um, so the, the people are relating though, to the, you know, the survival mode, to the, um, to the burnout and also what, what is really, what is really, um, sort of a, a mental, you know, it's hard to wrap my head around and I'm sure it is for you as well, even more so is that you're out serving and helping and teaching all these other children, but you have your own children at home yeah. who are only getting a, a small percentage of your best self because yeah. you've been with all these other kids or, you know, if you're a teacher or a nurse or whoever, you've been with all these other people serving, serving, you know, trying to help them improve, learn, et cetera. And then, uh, and I know that I know that because my, my wife's mom was a teacher growing up and, you know, yeah. she was, went in to New York city, came back to Jersey. So there was a lot of travel included in the, um, uh, the daily kind of job. Right. And yeah. that's gotta be frustrating, right? Because you come home and your children are only getting a small percentage of you while you just spend eight hours serving and teaching, you know, somebody else's kids or somebody else's family members. Yeah. And I mean, you do, you get out touched, you're frustrated, you're easily angered and I'm not perfect. I'm still not, you know, like great, but I'm so much more aware of how like the little moments do impact them. Like if you're constantly all night, you're home and you're like, no, go do this, go do that. And you have to do dinner and all that stuff. You have no extra time with them. Like that really does impact them. And you can't serve anyone. Well, when yeah. you have an empty cup, you cannot serve anyone well and i think that's the whole cycle of as parents as husband as a wife when you are just constantly running and running and you don't have any time you just end up not serving anyone well and yeah. at one point you have to step back and say is this what i want to do for my whole life you know it's not be able to really ever be that present person or that connected person i'm just going to keep running and running and at, at one point you just have to make the change you have to say that i cannot do this anymore and it's not just for you it's for everyone else that you are seeing throughout the day i don't care if it's the barista i see at the coffee shop in the morning if i'm continuously doing that two weeks down the road i'm probably going to be rude at one point because i'm going to snap because i'm tired and exhausted it's it's a whole world cycle that we're doing. And if we could just be that catalyst or that one person that chooses to slow down and change your life, it's going to impact so many more people. And I love, like, that's what I love seeing is I love seeing the mom or the dad that has taken this opportunity to become an entrepreneur and then say, you know, like I'm connecting with friends again, or I'm able to be at my church more, or I'm able to um, serve, you know, a neighbor who's going through a hard part. None of us can do that half the time because we're sober now. And because of this opportunity, I've been able to change that aspect about me. And that is life-giving in and of itself. Talk to us a little bit about how your marriage has changed and how your relationship, I mean, for us adults, romance, our sex life. I mean, these are things that we don't, maybe it's not yeah. in the, in the past generations, it's not really been like, like super, um, uh, 
what, what do they call it? Socially acceptable or whatever, politically correct. I'm to kind so of talk over about, anything that's socially acceptable. Talk about these kind of things, but how has your um, how has your marriage changed, improved? How how has your spirit and soul and your connectedness to your wonderful husband, who I met, um, had yeah, the, had the right. opportunity to meet when he came down? How has that evolved and changed? And what would you recommend to people right now who are feeling like they're on the path to divorce? And and um, and there may be some some hope that they can't see in their future. I think, um, man, that's a loaded question. One, I'm a huge advocate for men's mental health since starting this. I never realized how um, common it is just to tell men to suck it up, work the 70 hours a week. That's what you're made to do. If it's hard for you, too bad. Like, just keep moving on. It doesn't matter if you miss your kid's life. It doesn't matter if you miss out on sporting events. That doesn't matter. What matters is that you're a provider. And I think that is a bunch of bull. Number one. And I think because I finally realized like, oh, I do want to give my husband freedom. I do want him to dream. I want him to want to be around my kids. And I don't want to just keep pushing it under the rug and saying, it's okay that he's busy. He has to do that to provide. Um, And so I think it's been really wonderful for him to see me like embrace that with him. Like, I want you around. Like, and I felt like I could never say that before because it just wasn't a reality. And I'm like, I want more time with you. I want you around. I think it's important for you to see our kids more than two hours every single night. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very, it's been really helpful. I mean, we go on vacations now and he's present. We, um, I mean, realistically speaking, this is the first week. My husband is home full time. Really? My husband is home full time. Wow. That is life changing. We are (laughs) navigating that. (laughs) Yeah, it is like such a blessing. So, um, you know, we just kept getting that question all the time of like, why is your husband working at first? We just kept saying, well, because it's good for him. He wants to work. He's a worker. That's all he's done. And we started to be like, wait a second. Is that all he's done? Because that's really what he wants. Or is it because that's what he's been told his whole life? Mm. And then I said, no, like, I really like you. I want you home. Let's bring you home. And he's home. He's with my girls right now, bringing them to gymnastics and doing all those things and taking them to the park and enjoying his time that he's never had for the past 10 years. And what a beautiful blessing that is. So girl, you know, like girls need their dads around and kids need their dads around and he needs time to dream and figure out what he wants now. Now that I've been able to find my passion and enjoy it and realize that you can make your passion make really good money. And mm. everybody misses that. Take your passion, make really good money with it. And then your spouse is able to do that. So it's completely changed our marriage. We are so thrilled to have time with each other. We can do date nights. You know, we can um, go on vacations. We can go on weekend trips. We can, you know, have time now with one parent with one of our kids and another parent with another, you know, that one-on-one time that you usually sure. really get. So it's completely changed everything. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting ready to take my daughter on a daddy daughter trip this weekend. So I totally, totally I love that. Yeah, totally. I mean, we do that. We do that a few times a year, just her and I. 
and um, leave my my son at home with 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 mom. And uh, now uh, I've did it before too, but now that our son he's two years old, and so he'll stay home um, yeah. with mom. And uh, and so how does it feel like traditionally in past generations, women have relied on men for to provide. Um, and so how does it feel to have such a sense of equality and such a sense of impact as, as, as a wife on, on your husband like that? I mean, what does that tell you? What myths does that break? What lies does that crush? What, how has that changed your perspective? What do you tell other women? I think I find a lot of women that secretly deep down inside want to be badasses. They want to make money. They want their own things. They have passions and they don't say it because they just want to be like, well, I just like want to be a mom and that's my role, which don't get me wrong. My number one role, I homeschool. I am a stay at home mom. That is my priority, but I have always wanted something else. And I've never been able to say that out loud without it sounding like my kids weren't a priority because that's how it comes off. You're either as a woman, you are either a mother or you are a worker. There's so many um, polarizing things instead of just realizing we can do it all. And I think that's what gets told to women. You can't do it all. You get pigeonholed into you're going to be a good wife or you're going to be a good employee or you're going to be a mom. And let me tell you, you can do it all and you can do it all in a pair of heels. You can do it all in sweatpants if you want. You can do it however you want to do it, but you can do it. And we are allowed to be out loud about it. And I'm allowed to say, I want to make money. I want to support my family. I want to do whatever the heck I want to do. And we are just told not to do that. And I've had pushback. It is not accepted from everyone what I do. Family members, um, traditional roles, they do not understand it. And I don't care anymore because they also don't know where we were at before. You know, they loved how it looked from the outside, but they didn't really care to know that we were struggling maybe, or we had financial struggles, or my husband was coming home tired and that my kids weren't getting the best of both of us. They didn't really care about that. They cared how it looked and everything looked happy and great. Yeah. But now that I'm out loud and I'm saying, no, like my husband is coming home. I am working um, and we are making a good amount of money. Not everybody loves that. You are not going to get people that love that you're doing something different. Mm. But I don't care anymore because that different is what has propelled us into new people and a new life and something so much better that I could have never imagined. I think a lot of us, and I think you know this as much as anybody, I know you're a, a family of faith and you guys, that's important to you. I think I heard you talk about that at the mastermind. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think that we, um, you know, it's, it's a, it is a, it is a traditional role kind of thing. It is a past, it, it, it does come from past generations. Um, these are the, the traditional roles, the gender roles, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what, at what point did you go from putting more weight into what other people thought to putting all the weight into what you thought? And 
obviously this can show up because I, I went to church my um, whole childhood and, uh, you know, what was really important was how you looked on Sunday and, and the things that you said and kind of the, the image that you put off. Right. And that's not God, that's man. So I'm not, this yeah. is not a diss at God, but at what point did you, were you able to find the courage to in your own community, stop caring? Because that's all mo a lot of us have. I mean, the internet is kind of this faraway fantasy. When we first get started, it's like, I don't know anybody out there. Nobody knows me. Is all I have is my friends and family and local community. How did you muster up the courage or what helped you to start putting more um, faith in, in, in trust, in, in, in importance on what you thought and what was actually happening inside of your home versus what other people thought? I think, I think one, the big thing was, is I was seeing something produced from it. So I was getting reward. But I think the other big thing is for me, I prayed about this and I felt like it was, God was just like, this is what you're supposed to do. Everything I'd pray about, it would be like, okay, it happens. And then I realized, okay, this has to do with me and my relationship with God. One, two, like he's showing up every single day and saying, yes, you're right. You're asking me for these things. But so many people don't do that. They don't ask, not even just like in God in general, they don't ask for what they truly want because mm -hmm. they never really think they're going to get it. So once I started to get it, I started to be like, oh my gosh, if we just started actually saying what we wanted and going for it how wild would your life change? And that's what I have continued to do is say, what do I really want? And can I get it? And I set goals and I hit those things. And I'm like, why are people, you know, not doing this? And that's when I realized no one else is helping me get to those goals. Not a single person is going to help me get to those goals. So their thoughts, their actions, none of that is helping me. So why am I worrying about that? Mm. Everything is such a facade. I know that no one really knew exactly what was going on in my household. And I know I don't really know what's going on in other people's households. And so once I realized that everything is not really what it seems, and the only thing I can control is taking responsibility for what is happening in my household, in my bank accounts, in my life, that's when I was like, I need to be the change. I need to take responsibility. And once I did that and I finally stopped blaming anything else, everything changed. Wow. Everything wow. changed. And even my husband says that he's like, you know, I could put my head down and I could work those 70 hours and I could keep doing that for the rest of my life. But when I actually say like, does that make you happy? His answer was no. And that's very scary for him to admit that, but he wasn't happy. And he's like, how do you change that? You know, you change that by not worrying what everyone else wants him to do. You know, everyone else wanted him to continue to do what he was doing and just put his head down and get through it. But that's not what he wanted to do. And once he finally said that out loud and took responsibility for that and took the steps to come home, yeah. then things started to change in his mind. It's like yeah. you, you have to realize that you cannot let other people create your life for you. And that's what a lot of people are doing. They're just letting people create their lives. And yeah. then they live in this little bubble for saying, what do you want your life to be? And how can you take small steps every day to make it that way? And I think uh, this is, this is, this is gold. Um, no, it's platinum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
I I have seen this happen over and over again in my marriage too, but it, it's going to look different for everybody. When I start to tune out all of the noise and I just get connected to my wife and learn how to communicate with my wife and learn how to figure out what I want and then ask what she wants and be in reality. This is one of my wife's big sayings, be in reality, Dave, right? Because, yeah. you know, it's it's not only a difficult, it was not only a difficult thing for me to get into reality because I was in survival mode in lots of different ways for a long time. So I sort of created my own reality. And sometimes that was disconnected from what she was going through, right? Yeah. And what was really happening inside of our home. And part of that was because I was trying to please all these strangers. I was trying to please all these people that, as you said, we're not paying our bills. We're not going to bed with us. We're not sitting around our dinner table. We're not getting up in the morning and getting our kids ready. We're not, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But for some reason, it was their voices that were dominating my head. It was them that I wanted to please. It yeah. was them that I wanted to um, be make them proud of me. I wanted to impress them, right? And yeah. all the all, and, 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 and by doing that, you know, my marriage suffered. My my connectedness to my wife suffered and we weren't communicating and, and we never learned really I, let me speak in I, me, my terms. I didn't learn how to communicate because I wasn't, because I was listening to everybody else. And I, and this even happened in entrepreneurship too. Okay. Yeah. So this is not just <laughs> yeah. about like before I became successful, even as I've become successful, there's this kind of pull to like, like want to like serve my audience before I serve my family. Right. And, and it's yeah. like, okay, great. Y'all that's cool. But my wife will be with me even if we're broke. And so I need to figure out how to communicate with her and figure out what we want. Um, quieting that noise in, in, yeah. in, um, you know, realizing that I'm trying to impress all these other people and live up to their expectations felt like a never ending hamster wheel. Can you relate to that? What comes up for you as I say that? Well, when you said that, I would say that is one of my number one tips. When you are creating content or you are an entrepreneur in any um, space where you are on social. So I feel like anytime that I'm comparing myself to anyone else, anytime I am looking at anybody else in the same realm as me and I am trying to make my content what I think it should be or because mm -hmm. someone else is doing well, I fail horribly. My numbers dive. I don't feel good about it. I have content block. Like I can't do it. And the second I put on my blinders and say, this business is for me and me alone, this business is my journey. My content is about my story and what I want to put out and what I want to present. I, my videos take 10, 10 seconds. You know, the time that I put in my business is less because I'm not trying to make it what everyone else wants to make their business. I make my business what it is for me. Mm, and yeah. I feel like when I do that with everything else, like even when I segment, like, my relationships with each of my kids or my husband or my mom, like, what do you want out of that relationship? I say the same thing to my business. What do you want out of my business? 
I say the same thing to my social media, different platforms. What do I want out of this platform? What do I want out of this account? And I shut all the noise off. And that is not easy. But I tell people this daily. I'm like, stop looking at everybody else. It's like the runner who's constantly checking behind them. You just keep going two steps back. And I know that I do it myself sometimes. But the second you just totally commit to yourself and believe that you are going to make this what you want to make it, it comes out. It comes out in your content. It comes out in your relationships. It comes out. And Mm. so I think like you said, people should listen to this and be like, everything I listen to, I switch into how do I use this for my business? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what it is. When you are committed and devoted, you want to see that through with a certain goal. And you can do that with your business, just like you can do that with your marriage, with your children, you have to put on the blinders. Mm. And, And sometimes people don't love that. And it doesn't feel good. And you feel like I want this, or I want that. I mean, you can find community, And you can use good people, people that are doing what you want to do, people that are in, you know, the same situations as you to bounce ideas off. But like you still, you don't want to be using what they're doing. You want to be doing what you need to do for your business in your direction. Yeah. And I see this all the time. I mean, we've got a company out there who every single person that we we let go here at Legendary, they hire them. Right. And and try to copy what we're doing. And um, and it's just it's it, I, you know, I don't I don't dislike that. I just I feel bad because nobody's ever as a marketer, as a as a business owner, whatever, you're never going to step into your real potential until you really figure out what your true, you can call it authentic voice or messages, you, whatever you, but until you really, until you really find what feels natural to you. Right. Yeah. And I think that's another word, like in, in this world of, of, of um, everything's fake, everything's a facade. Everything is like, um, I mean, uh, it's just, it's just doctored up, you know, <laughs> it is, it is. I mean, our, we do it to ourselves. We do it to, uh, you know, it's all over social media. It's, it's all in our communities. It's just putting that, you know, it's that first impression, but then it becomes that second impression, third impression. And we just are always trying to make a, a good impression instead of paying yeah. attention to what our, what our needs are, what our wants are what our natural message is, how did you, what did your first, what did your first marketing content sound like and how did you, was there a moment, was there a phase, was there a season that you began to find your natural message and kind of, how did that go? Like, what did that look like? And, And what was it like at the very beginning and was it uncomfortable? Oh yeah. I was like, well, one, I was like, really vulnerable, which honestly, I felt like I could be like that because I, I hid all my stuff (laughs) because I just, I wanted the freedom to create. And I still feel that way for me. It's a freedom. It's creativity. It's the only way I'm creative. I'm not creative. Like I can't draw a stick figure for goodness sakes. Like I am not creative. So it was super uncomfortable Um, but I still had fun with it. Like, I don't feel like I put this wild amount of pressure. I was just having fun with it. But for me, it was more like every video I did was like 
my true feelings, what I felt, how I was struggling. And I never had a release for that before. So it was really uncomfortable, but the more I did it, the better I felt and the better I articulated and shared my struggles or my wins. I had more people relate to me that way. And the more I became vulnerable, the more I saw other people relate. And then I felt more secure myself. I'm not alone in this. Like there are other people that are just like me. It's okay to want these things. It's okay to feel that way. And it was like really interesting too, because I always say like, there is a huge community out there and I just wish people would use it in the way that they could use it. Because for me, I found other people that were doing the same, but similar or similar, but different things that were totally different, totally different backgrounds than me. Um, And they had totally different messages. They felt differently about how they ran their business, but I could see that they were being vulnerable and they were sharing their stories. And then I felt encouraged by that as well. Mm. And then you're just like, wow, everyone's out here showing their true self. How cool is that? Like I can actually trust these people because I know they're bad stuff right off the bat. And I know they're good stuff. So I want to win with them too. Yeah. Yeah. So that was very uncomfortable. Isn't that weird when you kind of grow up with people or like you've known people for like years in your local community and then all of a sudden you pull open TikTok and you follow somebody for a week and you feel more connected and like you know more about them if they're being vulnerable, if they're being fearless, right, than this individual who, you know, is this kind of maybe even a, a... a a community influencer or something inside of your community, all of a sudden, you know, you, you, I think when you get a taste in a, in a, in a, you get to see what vulnerability looks like and feels like true vulnerability, true honesty, right. That's, that's wrapped in positivity, not vulnerability. That's looking to manipulate you or looking to, you know, uh, be a victim or, or anything like that. But I'm talking about vulnerability in the sense of, Oh yeah. I used to be so like not curated, but the photos I would upload on Facebook were our our highlight reels, our holidays. Like I always had to have my makeup done and like, once I realized that's not what content is really for, like if you really want to be true, like just showing up and showing like I am messy today. My house is messy. I don't, I don't typically look like this. That's what I mean by like being vulnerable. I don't have to go spread all my dirty little secrets, but just saying like, this is me. Like, this is what I look like now. Don't get me wrong. I love me a good filter. Okay. (laughs) I do. (laughs) But like, Just saying like, this is who I am. Like, I am tired today. Or we look, you know, saying we look like the picture perfect family. Our house, my kids, my husband, you could look at us and you would see us online and you'd be like, wow, I wish I had their life. But you didn't know that we were struggling financially. You didn't know that my husband came home and fell asleep because he was so physically exhausted. Breaking that wall and saying, and then seeing the comments pouring in of people who felt the same way that would be like you could go look at my social and you would instantly think we have great jobs we have no worries and I did that sometimes I would go see it and I'm like it's just it's once you break that down it just feels so good it feels so good to say like we aren't all doing great and that's okay but like let's be real with each other then and help like actually do better in our lives, not look like we're doing better. Let's actually make changes that make us do better in life. 
And I think that, you know, whether you're, whether um, you're using social media for um, business like we are and marketing like we are, you know, or whether you use it just personally, um, using social media and not letting social media use us is yeah. a true form of self-care, man, because it is true self-abuse, in my opinion, Oh yeah. to, to, to be trying to portray an image that you know is not authentic to you because you truly have, I truly had when I was doing that, an internal conflict that was happening inside of me. And, and that conflict would not only happen between the people that I was trying to impress, it would also happen within me and guess who else it would happen with? The people like my wife who actually knew what was going on in my yeah. life and in our household, which caused even more conflict and disconnection. Yes. I mean, I, for, I mean, just this weekend, it's 4th of July, everyone's seeing all these red, white, and blue parties and everyone hanging out and all these people getting together. And nine times out of 10, you are the person who was not with all these people doing all these things. And now you feel bad. Mm. You feel bad about your own life. Why? Because you didn't want to throw a 4th of July party because you didn't have friends over because you didn't have your kids all dressed. Now, if you did, that's great. And that used to be me. But yesterday when I saw all that and I was hanging out at my house because we were exhausted because we went on a 10-day vacation, not because we were like, whatever, because we did go on a vacation. And part of that vacation was with Kelly and Sarah, Sarah Thompson, and that was really fun. But like, I almost was like, oh, man, should I be having a 4th of July party? Like, am I missing out? And I'm like, what is wrong with your brain? And it's because mm -hmm. like, I would so much rather spend my time on social media making money and learning the skills that the online world has to offer than making myself feel bad because I'm watching other people's lives. Yeah. And it's like, I tell people all the time, like harness that power. You know how amazing the skills are that you can learn and use online over and over and over that just we aren't putting into action. And I say that a lot because I know there's a lot of people that go into affiliate marketing and I, they always say like, I can't show my face. I don't want to show my face. And I always want to be like, but you already are. I can see your picture. I can see your username. I can see that you're posting. So you're already doing all those things, but you just don't want it to make you make money. Like that's wild. You know, I had someone say that the other day and their entire feed was their dog. And I was like, that's weird because I can tell you your what collar your dog has on, what food they're eating, what whatever they're using. And I'm like, but you're scared to do something online? You're already online. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. We have this, we have this um this idea, I think, and a, a lot of it is just again, other things that we see and read on social media that we just take at like face value, right? That, you know, I see people like copy and pasting these like i do not give facebook permission to share my pictures and use yeah. my photos and it's like well but you already you signed a user agreement when uh, you know these guys are not dumb they're not you signed a user agreement when you set up your account that that doesn't matter yeah. it's like all of these things that we think like for example we think that we're going to be um we tell ourselves, well, I, I don't want to put myself out there because I'm I'm going to be um, putting myself and my family in danger if I do that. Well, 
And every time you get in your car and you drive to work, you're putting yourself in actual physical danger by just going out and driving on the street. When you're sitting inside of the physical location, um, you're putting yourself in danger because maybe there's going to be an active shooter or something inside. I mean, we and have it, no idea. Anytime you open Google, you're pin, you're pinning a location, so there's no difference. Yeah, it's yeah. just the story we tell ourselves in our head. I say that all the time. There's such a story that people put in their head before they get started, and it really, you've got to stop doing that. Like you, you just put all these barriers. Um, in front of yourself when they're really not there. It's just a construct of your mind. You know, I say that all the time. And I said that before I brought my husband home. We can't do that. Time out. How's that feel to say that? Honestly, I have to retrain my brain because at first it's scary. And then it's (laughs) really, really awesome. It's so awesome. Like, it's really awesome. But we've just like, there's that thought process of, that's so scary. And then I'm like, why is that scary? Like you can do this. If this is what you want on a life, you can do this. Do you and ever I- still have the thought of how's that going to sound to other people? Like, Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. All the time. Well, all we get is, well, what is he going to do? I said, that's funny. I was at home. I was at home and I don't think anyone ever asked me what I was going to do. They just, you know, they assume you take care of the house and you help with the kids. But now everyone's like, what are you going to do? And he's like, what do you think I'm going to, you think I'm just going to like lay on the couch and I'm going to do the dishes. I'm going to play with the kids. I'm going to have sex with my wife. I'm going to like play in the backyard. I'm going to do all the stuff that you would like to do, but it's crazy. He's yeah. like, I'm going to have the best grass in the neighborhood. <laughs> I can do, you know, so many people want to do that. And then their whole weekend is spent doing that. It's like, I'm going to live my life and I'm going to be able to have lunch and I'm going to be able to go on vacations and I'm going to be able to play golf. And people still, they look at him like he has lost his dang mind. They're like, I just don't know how you. How would you ever live life like that? And it's like, or just be like, that sounds really exciting. Yeah. It's really exciting. It's hard to find people in this world. I want everybody to listen to this real close. I'm going to bring the micro. Maybe I should even come in close on the camera. It is so hard to find people in this life who will be genuinely, genuinely happy for you. to be happy when you find those people you hold on to them you hold on to them like like nobody's business because it is hard now if somebody doesn't genuinely want you to be happy it doesn't mean that they're not worthy of still friendship and love but it does mean that i need to be very very careful with what i share with them Because they have not proven that they are a safe person to handle my dreams and my goals and my aspirations and the things that I want. And if those things are the most precious things, my freedom, my desire to be, to have my husband home with me more, all these things that I want, if if these are the, the, the most sacred things in my life, It's also my responsibility. And I learned this. I had to learn this the hard way over and over and over again. 
I need to be a little bit more careful about who I share all this shit with, right? Because they're just, it's not even that they're not worthy. It's that they're not capable. You know what I mean? They're, they're genuinely just not capable of handling that sort of sensitive, confidential. They don't have that, what is it called in the government? That safety clearance. That con- yeah. They don't have that level of clearance to be able to handle. Have you had that happen to where you've had to learn the hard way and yeah. you now are starting to be a yes. little bit more protective over who you share what with? Um, a hundred percent. And I understand a lot of times it's not their fault. Um, but I've realized that because I place them in such high esteem that when I do share that, if they place that seed of doubt in my mind, it can destroy me. And I think that's what really made me wait so long to get my husband out of a situation that wasn't necessarily healthy for him is because the second I would bring it to someone it was always, that's crazy. That's why it was he going to do. How is he going to do that? Like, are you thinking long-term? Are you thinking retirement and all this stuff that I'm like, yeah, I actually am. And that's why I'm like, let's do it. You know? And the second I put that in their hands and I love and trust them. And then they give me that doubt because they don't understand it. That carries so much weight for me. Yeah. And what that's when I realized like, I can't say it to certain people because it will affect me and it will affect my thoughts. And then I will go to my husband and I'll share that. And then it's a whole cycle. And I've realized like, I just need to be bold with myself. I need Mm -hmm. for me personally, I pray about it and I actually trust my intuition for the first time in my life. I can trust my decisions and my intuition and Holy cow is that freeing. I mean, trust yourself, girl, preach and Uh, not have the guilt, not have the guilt of like, was that the right decision? Am I doing this? Just knowing like you are doing this and you've made these decisions slowly every day for the past year and couple months and look at what's happened. Give yourself like I say that all the time to other people, too, that are starting this journey, like be proud of every day that you showed up and made that little decision like Cause it adds up and it changes who you are and your life in all the best ways. But you like, you just don't understand how freeing it is to trust yourself. Yeah. Like I just had no idea like yeah. how wonderful that feels. Amanda said, I'm sad this week because I realized that the person I was most hopeful for doesn't share my perspective or ideas. And, um, you know, when I first started out as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, my wife, uh, was a social worker. She was a case manager and then moved up to a supervisor inside of a homeless shelter. And tell me how many different homeless shelter case managers out there you're going to walk right up to, and they're going to instantly understand entrepreneurship, quitting jobs, (laughs) going up, right? I mean, it wasn't in her everyday thought process and philosophy about life. It just wasn't. And she grew up watching her mom, um, you know, go go to work. I shared earlier, go to work, be a teacher in New Jersey, work hard every single day. There was no talk about entrepreneurship. There was a lot of talk about survival, right? So I was also in your situation may be very different. I'm just speaking in general terms right now, sharing my own experience. Everybody is going to have to create their own story. 
But my story was I was also really frustrated because she didn't get it at first and she wasn't supportive at first. But I had to realize that I was presenting a really far out idea. I was presenting a really crazy idea and I didn't have the best of credibility in the world either. Right. It wasn't like I was coming to her like a proven 10 year entrepreneur with a great track record. Now people listen to what I say and believe me and and get on board a lot quicker. But at the beginning of the journey, instead of trying to instead of being frustrated that others around me that I really, truly cared about were not supportive or shared the same ideas as I did. What I learned to do, and this happened much later, to ask them, how can I make you feel loved and supported as I'm trying something new, as I'm trying something different, as I'm trying something that is out of the box and is scary, right? Because we got bills due in a week yeah. or we got bills due at the end of the month. And she's just wondering, how are you going to pay your half of the bills? I mean, this was the situation that we were in when I was presenting these crazy entrepreneurial ideas. Yeah. How obviously the number one thing that that gets, you know, people in your family, at least, or a spouse or whatever to get on board is is checks. And when they start <laughs> yeah, to, that, there's nothing that's more powerful than that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, what comes up for you as as I say in, in as you as you hear um, that comment that was made about being let down, that the most important person or one of the most important people in, in her life uh, doesn't share some of the same ideas, at least initially. I think you'll have that with anything in life. Like I remember even when we were choosing to have kids, we heard you wait longer. Like, you know, like, and that's a huge thing. Like you're, no one is always going to agree with everything you want, but as long as you're able to be again, like honest with yourself and have a plan, I think that's good. But I always say like, there is that like, I know for us, there was always the common ground of like, why do you want that? Like, you might not agree with Avenue I'm going to take to get there, but why do you want that? And I would always say that to anyone that's trying to get into this, that feel like, don't do that. That's like, you. how do you know you're going to succeed? And there's not a guarantee. And it's like, well, why are you starting it? Nine times out of 10, that person that is um, giving you, you know, flack or doesn't understand it, they're going to understand the why. They're going to understand the spot that you're in. Like I looked at my husband and he didn't see my stuff for a long time. I didn't really tell him what I was doing. I would just sit at the kitchen table at night and he would kind of be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I want to go on date nights. I want to go on a vacation and not worry about it. Like I would say those things that I know both of us would want to do. Mm. I wouldn't say what I was doing to get there, but Mm. I would share what my goals were. And he would always be like, yeah, I want to do that too. I want to have that too. So I think if you just find something that they can agree with you on of what you would both want, even if it's a friend, that's like, why are you doing that? And be like, I don't know. Let's go on a girl. I want to go on a girl's weekend and have fun. Like Mm. they're going to be like, oh yeah, I want to do that too. They'll get the wants. They'll get the whys. They just won't understand the avenue and who cares? Because they're not going to be there building your business with you doing that avenue every day. You are. And if you like that, that's all that matters. And then hopefully they'll, you know, be there when those good things do happen. Yeah, I love that because it wouldn't matter if you said that, well, I'm going to be a rocket scientist. They'd be like, well, who can be a rocket scientist? Yeah. I mean, you can't be a rocket scientist. I mean, what, what, we're just 
we're just middle class people from Michigan, or we're just, you know, yes. we're just, we're just, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever we've kind of grown up believing about ourselves and believing about our limitations. Um, yeah. But I love talking about, I love that 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 idea of talking about what you know that there's something that you both share, the common kind of yes. something that you both have in common. Because you're right, uh, people are going to criticize, people are going to. Um, mostly be fearful and afraid of anything that's different, even if what is currently normal sucks. At least yeah. you can predict the sucky outcome, right? Yeah. But if you start presenting new avenues, new things, it's like, ooh, that fear of the unknown, which is so natural in human beings, is totally automatically going to pop up. And of course, maybe there's some jealousy. Maybe there's some envy. How has your social circle evolved? Oh, Dave. Um, <laughs> um, it has dwindled. Well, one, I mean, two, I have really like, I have a passion for my business and I love it. Now that means I show up every day, but um, it's also limited. Like I still have a like I'm always with my kids and I'm always with my husband. But I think what showed me is like, what is, what really does matter to you? I don't really care to be at every single event that someone's having. I truly don't. Like I would rather be on a vacation with my kids. Like, and I never realized that. I always just felt like you want to be at all those things and do all those things. And I'm like, but I don't really. And then I'm like, you know, what would I rather have? Like, checking in with my mom all the time or being able to like go on a weekend away with my mom. Like, so it's just different. It's dwindled for sure because a lot of people too, like, um, they think it's weird what I do and they don't understand it. And they feel like, because they think I don't struggle anymore or I'm not putting in the struggle every day to work. And even though we're successful, then like I haven't earned it. And I think that's the dumbest thing. I think that's ridiculous that you, that we are so, and I know we're trained to do it, but you don't have to physically harm your body or your mind every day to earn money. Mm. You do not have to do that. Like, and we are so trained to like, that's what you have to do. It has to be hard. Mm. It doesn't have to be hard. You just got to work smarter and not harder. Like, yeah. I think that is like the biggest thing. And so my circle has gotten very small and that's okay. And I actually find way more enjoyment and fulfillment when I am with those people. And the biggest thing I would say is like find community too. Like I have found amazing people through this journey and it's people I was scared to like talk to. But I think what happens too in this journey is people get scared to reach out. Like people reach out to people that they see all the time, which I totally get. But I reached out to someone that I saw was like kind of at the same place in the journey as me. And, mm -hmm. and that was Kelly Roberts. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, what's working for you? What's not working for you? I'm feeling stressed today, you know? And like, it was uncomfortable and we laugh about it. And our husbands who were together this week, literally like, yeah, I remember when Kelly was like, I messaged this girl, but she's at the same like timeline as me. And, and I feel like, and we got that connection and it was like, great. Cause she got it and she understood it. And I tell people all the time, like, 
there is a huge, helpful, amazing community inside of communities in this group that you will connect with someone. But that's only if you are sharing actually who you are, where you're at honestly in this journey and finding people who are at those same points. And that to me has been wild. You know, now I have friends that are all over the country in different places with different backgrounds, but we all have the same like common goal of wanting something different for our families. And I love finding more women and men that are like that, that are finally seeing like, I want a different future. I want a different life. And once you surround yourself with those people, like there is no end in sight. There is no limit. And it's amazing to see people that are like, no, if our family wants that, we're going to do that. We're going to get there. That's going to be our lifestyle. And there's no question about how we're going to get there. There's just like, that's what we're going to do. And it's so empowering when you surround yourself with those people. Um, I could, I could talk to you all day long. I mean, this is, I think people could listen all day long. I mean, we've still, we've got over 500 people here just tuned in the whole time. It's gone all the way up to 650 people just on a, on a, you know, free live show in the morning. I think that is a testament to the authenticity and just the real, you know, the realness that's being shared right now. And that's being shared, um, that, that shared on the show. Uh, many of the people who are successful in this community, many of the people right here on this live have been impacted by you, have been inspired by you, have been influenced by you in such a positive way. Obviously your family, you're making an impact on your family. And we're like, I'm like incredibly thankful that you're not having like all this success and making all these connections and inspiring all these people that are out here in the world, but then like miserable at home, Like, that's not the kind of company that I want to be like leading or, you know what I mean? Like that for me, that would be a disconnect with with my heart and my soul is that if I, if I knew that we were all out here having success, but like everybody was on the brink of divorce and you know what I mean? Like our, our our kids hated us because we were, you know, never there, you know, but this, this, this culture that we have, this message that we're spreading um, right now, the message that you're spreading is that, as you said earlier, you can have it all. You, you can, can have it all. You don't have to, you don't have to sacrifice. You don't have to, um, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to, um, compromise. Yeah. You don't have to compromise. You don't have to compromise anymore. What comes up? The final thought I actually I have one question after this, but what comes up for you when you hear the word compromise and you hear me say that we don't have to compromise anymore? What comes up for you? Um, I feel like, yeah, I just wish that everybody, we have so many goals for our kids, but would you ever tell your child to compromise? Would you ever tell your child? I can never look my child in the face and say, that dream's just too audacious. I would say, baby, run, fly, flap those wings. You've got this. And mm-hmm. we do that to ourselves constantly. And we just compromise because we don't believe in ourselves. And I want to be who I am for my kids to myself. And I want to be that for every woman or man that's on here and say, like, what would you say to your five-year-old self? And it would not be compromise. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you still can do it. 
think back to when you started, what did you need to hear that you could share with yourself now that you, that you have the, the experience that you have that you, you wish you could have shared or that you would like to share with M when she was first starting out? It's worth every minute. It's worth feeling like bad because you took 10 minutes to film a video. It's worth the 45 minutes of, of learning a new skill. It's worth every second of feeling maybe confused at first because it all comes together. Um, and it, it's, it's just, it's worth it. That little voice that you have that keeps telling you this is right for you. And you keep hearing it and pushing it away. And the little voice that tells you, you can have it all. And this is the thing for you. It's right. And it is worth listening to. Mm. That is like really what I wish. I wish. And don't get me wrong. I didn't have like a slow start into my journey. But I just still was questioning myself. And I just wish I would have been like, listen to yourself. Listen to it. Listen to it. Listen to it. It is worth every single second you put into it mm -hmm. every single second you say stop i want to work on my business for one minute like those 10 minutes are okay and it is worth every single second because it's going to give it back to you in tenfold mm. i'm sure. so glad that you're listening to that voice now it's it's uh the ripple of that has been so visible like just the amount of people who love you who are following you who are inspired by you so um what I know is that it's just the start. So stay legendary, my friend, and I'll talk to you really soon. Okay. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. All right. And we'll talk to you later and uh, tell your hubby, Caleb, right? Yes. Tell him that I said hi and, and enjoy, I will. enjoy the family. Enjoy that time. Okay. Definitely. All right. We'll talk to you later. See Thanks. Ya. Bye. All right, everybody, go follow M at M the Affiliate. You can find her on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, M E M the affiliates spelled exactly how it sounds. My friends, there's nothing, absolutely nothing that I need to add to today's show, except this one was worth a re-listen. Get out of here. We'll see you back here tomorrow for another episode of wake up legendary. This is Dave Sharp signing out. Get out of here. Stay legendary, my friends. Bye-bye.